Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is that every believer would not just attend church, but also hear from God daily through His Word. As we read the Bible, we begin to see how God responds to things. Doing daily devotions repatterns the way we think, transforms the spirit of our mind, and helps us become more like Jesus. Join us here, Monday through Friday, as various pastors and leaders at Fusion Church share devotion and teaching through that day's soap scripture. Download the current soap reading plan at fusionchurch.cc soap. Amen. Well, listen, so good to be with you guys today. Friday, we have an incredible weekend coming up. Before we get started with the soap, uh, just a reminder that um, this Sunday, Pastor Brennan is going to be back with us. So come on. Praise the Lord, everybody. Um, uh, one second here. Got to Huh, it's weird. Um, yes, so Pastor Brendan will be with us again uh, this Sunday, which is awesome. And then also at the church Sunday, we're going to have our services as usual. But on Sunday, we also have Revive Us again in the evening, uh, which is a night of prayer primarily. We have some worship in there as well. But this is an awesome event where we get over 30 churches in our region to actually come together. Come on, somebody. That's a miracle in and of itself. Um, to come together to pray for God to revive us, for God to move in our region. So make sure you come out to that, man. That is a time for us to really press in, really go after God, really seek His face and ask Him to move in our region. It's an incredible night. You don't want to miss it. So make sure you come out, invite a friend, invite a coworker, a family member. It's going to be an incredible, incredible weekend. Okay, we are in the book of Joshua, the book of Joshua chapter 9. Let me get my screen up here. Book of Joshua chapter 9. Okay. Before we start, let's get ready to pray and we'll get into it. Father, we thank you. God, we thank you that we uh, get to come before you each and every morning and that we have this amazing privilege and ability to uh, come before you, to uh, just inquire of you, to read your word. God, we thank you that you've given us your word, uh, not just to know about you, but to honestly know you. And so, Lord, we pray that as we read your word, you would reveal it to us, that you would illuminate it in our hearts and in our minds, God, and that you would bring forth revelation that will bear fruit in our lives. And we ask all of this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Okay, let's get into it. Joshua chapter 9. NIV version. I've got it on the screen for you if you want to follow along or you can read it along with your Bible. Here we go. Verse one. Now, when all the kings west of the Jordan heard about these things, the kings in the hill country, in the western foothills, and along the entire coast of the Mediterranean, see, as far as Lebanon, the kings of the Hittites, the Amorites, Canaanites, Parasites, Hivites, and Jebusites, and all the other ites. They came together to wage war against Joshua and Israel. However, when the people of Gibeon, 
heard what Joshua had done to Jericho and Ai, not Allen Iverson, Ai, the city, uh, the people. They resorted to a, re- a ruse. They went as a delegation whose donkeys were loaded with worn out sacks and old wineskins cracked and mended. They put the put they put worn and patched sandals on their feet and wore old clothes. All the bread of their food supply was dry and moldy. Then they went to Joshua in the camp of Gilgal and said to him and the Israelites, We have come from a distant country to make treaty with us. Make treaty with us. Verse 7, The Israelites said to the Hivites, But perhaps you live near us, so how can we make a treaty with you? We are your servants, they said to Joshua. But Joshua asked, Who are you and where do you come from? Verse 9, They answered, Your servants have come from a very distant country because of the fame of the Lord your God. For we have heard reports of him, all that he did in Egypt, and all that he did to the two kings of the Amorites east of the Jordan, Sihon, king of Heshbon, and Og, king of Bashan, who reigned in Ashtaroth. Verse 11, And our elders and those living in our country said to us, Take provisions for your journey, go and meet them, and say to them, We are your servants, make a treaty with us. This bread of ours was warm when we packed it at home on the day we left to come to you. But now see how dry and moldy it is. And these wineskins that we filled were new. But see how cracked they are? And our clothes and sandals are worn out by the very long journey. Verse 14, The Israelites sampled their provisions, but did not inquire of the Lord. Then Joshua made a treaty of peace with them to let them live, and the leaders of the assembly ratified it by oath. Three days after they made the treaty with the Gibeonites, the Israelites heard that they were neighbors living near them. So the Israelites set out and on the third day came to their cities, Gibeon, Kephira, Beeroth, and Kiriath, Jerim. Lord Jesus, help us with these names. But the Israelites did not attack them because the leaders of the assembly had sworn an oath to them by the Lord, the God of Israel. The whole assembly grumbled against the leaders, but all the leaders answered, We have given them our oath by the Lord, the God of Israel, and we cannot touch them now. This is, the, this is what we will do to them. We will let them live so that God's wrath will not fall on us for breaking the oath we swore to them. Verse 21, they continued, let them live, but, the, but let them be woodcutters and water carriers in the service of the whole assembly. So the leader's promise to them was kept. Verse 22, then Joshua summoned the Gibeonites and said, Why did you deceive us by saying, We live a long way from you, while actually you live near us? You are now under a curse. You will never be released from service as woodcutters and water carriers for the house of my God. They answered Joshua, Your servants were clearly told how the Lord your God had commanded his servant. Moses to give you the whole land and to wipe all out all its inhabitants before you. So we feared for our lives because of you. And that is why we did this. 
We are now in your hands. Do to us whatever seems good and right to you. So Joshua saved them from the Israelites, and they did not kill them. That day he made the Gibeonites woodcutters and water carriers for the assembly to provide for the needs of the altar of the Lord at the place the Lord would choose. And that is what they are to this day. All right. Whew, that is a lot in it of itself, right? So what stuck out to you? What stuck out to you about that passage? Put in the chat before we get into it. What stuck out to you about that passage? Okay. So here's what stuck out to me. From the very jump, we see two tactics the enemy uses when he is uh, trying to keep uh, the people of God from the blessing of God. Okay. Verse one starts off by saying, now when all the kings west of the Jordan heard about these things, the kings in the hill country, in the western foothills, and along the entire coast of the Mediterranean Sea, as far as Lebanon, the kings of the Hittites, Amorites, Canaanites, Parasites, Hivites, Jebusites, they came together to wage war against Joshua and Israel. And it's just interesting that many times when the enemy comes against the people of God, he comes by trying to make them feel overwhelmed. He comes with like a full-on assault, right? He comes uh, in times where it feels like you're getting attacked on all fronts on every side, right? If it's not your job, it's your school. If it's not your school, it, it, it's your finances. If it's not your finances, it's your relationships. If it's not your relationships, it's your health. If it's not your health, it's something else. And there are times in our lives where the enemy wants to make us feel overwhelmed, where he wants to just overwhelm us with a full-out frontal assault. And so that's where we see the kings of the Hittites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, Parasites, Hivites, and Jebusites, they all come to wage war against Joshua and Israel. And that can very feel, that can feel very overwhelming. It can feel very hopeless. It could feel uh, like like you have no solution. It could feel like uh, like it'll make you want to give up and quit. But then there are times where the enemy uses a different tactic. Where the enemy doesn't come with a full-on assault. But he comes with peace really in the form of compromise. I'll say that again. He comes with peace really in the form of compromise. See, we're, we're really accustomed to everything going wrong. We're really accustomed to the enemy attacking our marriages and attacking our finances and attacking our health and attacking our relationships and attacking our school or whatever, or attacking our businesses. We, we are really accustomed and we're really uh, conditioned to look for those attacks from the enemy. What we're not as conditioned as people is to see when the enemy tries to slip in through the cracks and he doesn't look like an enemy, but he looks like a friend. And it looks like it's not that bad. And it looks like it's not uh, really going to cause that much damage. And that's exactly what the enemy does in this situation, right? While the Jebusites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Parasites, all of them came against Joshua and Israel to wage war, the Gibeonites come with a different tactic 
And in verse 7, it says, however, I'm sorry, verse 3, it says, however, when the people of Gibeon heard what Joshua had done to Jericho and Ai, they resorted to a ruse, meaning a trick. They just resorted to deception. They went as a delegation whose donkeys were loaded with worn out sacks and old wineskins cracked and mended. They put worn and patched sandals on their feet and wore old clothes. All the bread of their food supply was dry and moldy. Then they were to jo- they went to Joshua in the camp at Gilgal and said to him and the Israelites, We have come from a distant country to make treaty or make treaty with us. So we've come from a distant country, make treaty with us. Do you see what's going on here? They come with deception. They come looking harmless. They come like it's not a big deal. They, they have worn down clothes. They, their food is all moldy. They look like they're really helpless and defenseless. And that many times it is more the tactic of the enemy than it is uh, to come out with a full frontal assault. To get you to think that what he wants you to do is not that bad. To get you to think that what you're dealing with is not that bad. Uh, to get you to think that maybe that person that come into, that's come into your life is harmless. That relationship, not that big of a deal. That, that compromise is not going to make that much of a difference in your life, right? They went as a, as a delegation whose donkeys were loaded with worn out sacks, old wide skins, cracked and mended, right? They looked like, they looked like this enemy that was harmless, uh, that, that wouldn't cause too much damage, uh, that, that would seem like it would be okay to, to partner with, right? And their whole, their whole tactic was to get you to make a treaty with them. Can I ask you something? Here's what the Lord convicted me in as I read that. What's the enemy trying to make, make you feel at peace with that, the, that God has called you to wage war against? What's the enemy trying to get you to be at peace with that God has called you to wage war with? Because here's the thing. The Israelites, right, were instructed in Exodus chapter 23 that they were not to make treaty with any foreign land. In fact, we'll read it. Exodus 23, chapter 23 to 24. It says, My angel will go ahead of you and bring you into the land of the Amorites, the Hittites, the Parasites, the Canaanites, Hivites, and Jebusites. Mm, Interesting. Who came against them to wage war? The Hittites, the Amorites, Parasites, Canaanites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And I will wipe them out, the Lord says. Do not bow down before their gods or worship them or follow their practices. You must demolish them and break their sacred stone places. So God told you the moment you go into this land, you were to wipe everything out. Get rid of everyone. Get rid of everything. Right? So God instructed when you go into the land of Canaan, you are to wage war against the people and their idols. Right? But now here come this people that want to make peace with you. What has God told you to completely demolish in your life? 
What has God asked you to wage war against in your life that you are trying to make peace with? Right? Because here's the thing, and what we will learn as we continue through the story is that partial obedience is disobedience. I'll say that again. Partial obedience is disobedience. If you obey God halfway, you have obeyed God in no way. Right? When God tells you that you must demolish something, your job is to obey him and demolish it. And the people of Israel now have these, are, 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 are confronted with these people who want to make peace with them who are living in the land um, that God had told them they must demolish. And here's what happens. The story continues in verse 7 through 13. It says, as we continue, oh, let me go back, 7 to 13. Here we go. It says, the Israelites said to the Hivites, but perhaps you live near us So how can we make treaty with you? We are your servants, they said to Joshua. But Joshua asked, who are you and where do you come from? They answered your servants. Your servants have come from a very distant country because of the fame of the Lord your God. For we have heard reports of him, all that he did in Egypt. And all that he did to the two kings of the Amorites east of the Jordan, Sihon, king of Heshbon, and Og, king of Bashan, who reigned in Ashtaroth, and our elders and all those living in our country said to us, take provisions for your journey, go and meet with them and say to them, we are your servants, make a treaty with us. This bread of ours was warm when we packed it at home on the day we left to come to you but now see how dry and moldy it is. And these wineskins that we filled were new, but see how cracked they are. And our clothes and sandals are worn out by the very long journey. So there's a deception going on here. And it seems like it's not that bad. It seems like they're harmless, right? He says, where do you come from? Oh, we come from a very long, distant land. We ain't got nothing to do with this place, right? And they're they're lying. They're just flat out lying, even though they're they have a good reason for being there, right? Because they say, "Hey, we've heard of the incredible things that God has done through you guys and for you guys. The way that He destroyed Egypt, the way He delivered you out of Egypt, the way He destroyed the kings of the Jebusites, Asheroth, Agog of Agog, or whatever, you know." And they're saying, "We we've heard about this." incredible God that you serve. So, so we came to you to, to, to really make a treaty with you. We don't want anything to do with you because we know your God will completely and utterly destroy us. Verse 14, the Israelites sampled their provisions. The Israelites sampled their provisions, but did not inquire of the Lord. And there lies the problem. The people of Israel sampled their provisions, meaning they had actually, they looked at what they had, they they sampled it, they tasted it, 
They felt it. They got involved in the deception, right? They sampled what they had to offer. They sampled what the world had to offer. They sampled what the people of the Gebusites, uh, of the Gibeonites, whatever, uh, had to offer. They sampled what the Hivites had to offer. And they did not inquire of the Lord. Listen to me. You need the wisdom of God. You need the wisdom of God to walk into the blessing of God. The enemy will try to come at you in all different kinds of ways. He will try to overwhelm you. He will come at you with an awful out of salt. But then he will come with something that seems like it's good. And in those moments, you need the wisdom of God. In those moments, you need to inquire of God. Not everything that looks good is good. Not everyone who seems like they should be in your life should be in your life. Not every relationship that looks like it could be a productive relationship is actually a productive relationship. Not every job, career, business that you want to walk into that looks appealing, that doesn't look like it would be a bad idea, that maybe looks like it might work out, that maybe looks like it might be harmless in our lives is actually good for us, harmless for us, or won't cause damage for us. We need God's wisdom as we're navigating through this life, as we're walking into God's blessing, as we're trying to figure out what it is that God wants us to do. You need to inquire of the Lord and not just take everything at face value. Not everyone who says they're for you is for you. Not everyone who claims themselves to be a worshiper of God because the the Hivite, these people, they're saying, oh yeah, we've heard of the incredible things that God has done in your life, right? That sounds great, right? That sounds amazing. We're hearing about the miraculous God that your servant. We just want to be partnered up with you. We just want to come alongside you. We just want to we just want to be a, a part of your blessing. Not everyone that comes into your life is meant to be in your life. Not everything that seems good for you is good for you. That's why we need the wisdom of God. We need to inquire of the Lord about everything, about our relationships, about our jobs, about our careers. What school are we going to? Who's the person we're going to get involved with? What partnerships are we taking in business? What church should I attend? All these things. We need to inquire of the Lord because listen to me, the Bible says there's a way that seems right to man whose end leads to destruction. And we see that in the future, right? As we read throughout the rest of this, of this passage, that it didn't seem like really they suffered much, right? Like the Hivites didn't fight them. Right? They didn't go to war. As we read the story, it says that three days later, the Israelites found out that they were actually people who were neighbors of theirs. And they went to them and said, hey, why did you deceive us? And they're like, hey, we heard about your God and we just didn't want to be destroyed like everybody else. So we lied to you. And so the Israelites, okay, well, now you're going to be our woodworkers and woodcutters and water, uh, you know, our woodcutters and water carriers for the rest of your lives. And that seems like it's okay until you read the rest of the history of Israel, where you see that because they did not destroy and do what God told them to, to demolish everything and everyone in the land, to demolish the idols, to demolish the people, we see that the trajectory of Israel was to go through this circle, this this uh, this cycle of compromise and sin. And one at one point they're serving God and at the 
another point, they're serving idols. Why? Because they refused to obey God from the jump. They got into this treaty with people that they weren't supposed to get into a treaty with, which in the end actually led to the destruction of their people. And so here's a question for you as we get ready to close out. Okay. What are those things in your life that the Lord has asked you to get rid of that you've actually compromised in? What are those relationships? What are those businesses? What are those uh, careers? What are those, who are those people in your life that the Lord said, no, 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 you shouldn't have anything to do with them, right? Because here's the thing, what we need to understand is that we may not see the destruction when it happens. We may not see the consequences of our compromise right away. But the end of compromise always leads to destruction. Right? You may not see the consequences of your compromise now. But later on down the road, I promise you, disobedience and compromise will always cost you. It will always take a toll. And so we need to ask, okay, Lord, I know what I see with my eyes, but I need you to see in the spiritual. I need you to let me see what's going on. I need you to give me wisdom. Should I partner? Should I not partner? Should I go? Should I not go? Should I fight? Should I not fight? Should I stay? Should I not stay? Right? We need the wisdom of God to be able to walk in the blessing of God. Not everything that looks good is good. Not everything like seems that, that seems harmless is harmless. The enemy is always, 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 always seeking to destroy you. And destruction doesn't always come with pain. Sometimes destruction comes with compromise. And so we need the wisdom of the Lord in order to fight against all these things. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you um, for your wisdom. God, first and foremost, I, I ask right now that you will forgive us. God, if we, have, if we have made treaty with the enemy, if we have compromised in our lives, if we, if we have made peace with things that you've called us to wage war against, God, forgive us if there's any compromise in our lives. Maybe that be a relationship. Maybe that be a, 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 a business. Maybe that be a decision that we weren't supposed to make, that we knew we weren't supposed to make, but we said, you know what? It's not going to be a big deal. It's not going to cost us that much. It's, not, it's really not that bad. God, forgive us for falling into the deception of the enemy. And Lord, we ask that you would give us the wisdom to continue to combat those things that you've called us to combat. God, give us wisdom that we might walk in the blessing that you have for us. God, give us wisdom to be able to decide between the things that are good for us and the things that you uh, don't want for us. God, give us wisdom to be able to decide the things that we are to walk into and the things that we're not to walk into. God, we need your wisdom in this life. So God, I pray that you like like Solomon, God, if you give us anything, don't give us riches. Don't give us more influence. 
Don't give us a position. Don't give us a title. God, we need your wisdom. And so, Lord, I just pray for each and every person that's listening to this so podcast right now. Lord, I pray that you would bless them, that you would cover them, that you would give them insight, that you would allow them to see things through the spiritual lens. God, I pray that in every decision they make, that God, they would be making it through the lens of Jesus and his word. And so, Lord, I pray for blessings over their lives. I pray for blessings in their workplaces. I pray for blessings in their homes, their finances, their families, God. And I just pray that you would protect them, watch over them. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. All right, guys. I love you. I pray you have an incredible weekend. We will see you again on Sunday. God bless.